0: Scott Naylor, how are you today? Hey, Hey, Josh. I'm good. Good <laughs> cool. to be here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so i um, really thankful that you wanted to come and spend some time in the studio with us and uh, be on the podcast with us. Um, I think, you know, the podcast for us is all about really talking technology, but really how technology impacts our lives mm. um, in in good, bad, in different ways. Um, and that can be from cars. That can be from, uh, gosh, what we've talked about, professional AV stuff, um,
1: yeah, coding.
0: Yeah. So it's just really a, a pretty general you know, chat about technology and how it's impacting us today and tomorrow and in the future. That's All wonderful. Happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> um, but before we get into kind of where we're going to go today, I think everybody would like to know something about you, why you're here, um, sure. besides the fact that we're friends. <laughs> We've known each other for a long time. In fact, um, Scott and I's history is a little interesting in that we actually met way back in high school um, through his cousin and a friend of mine. Um, and then didn't see each other for the better part of ten years. That's right. Um, yeah. Can you start I,
1: telling these stories like the Hispanic guy from the Ant Man movies? I'm. I don't. I haven't seen the Ant Man movies. Really? So. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the Ant Man movies? Oh yeah. Yeah. The his friend <laughs> that he's like, and then he's got a cousin who knows a person. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of one of those stories, though. Yeah.
0: Um, Scott drove a van. Um, it was a conversion van. That's right. Back
1: then, like the guy in Ant Man,
2: yeah, the blue <laughs> bright blue Dodge conversion van. Yeah, it was awesome. It was um, large subwoofers and a bed in the back. You know uh-huh. what, what, what? What more Shag could go wrong? It was, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so we met back
0: then. Ten years ish go by, and a friend of mine says, "Hey, you have to meet this guy. He builds these speakers that are also art." Um, and I was like, oh, cool. And he sent me the website and there was this very like seductive pose of you, like next to a very seductive speaker. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that started, uh, this current friendship (laughs) that we have. Um, but tell us a little bit about you and what makes you tick and, and the things
2: that make you excited and what you do for fun. Sure. You know, well, I think what used to make me tick was, um, was speakers and the creation of sound, um, and growing up with a, a father that was an electrician, um, was always doing hand stuff, hands-on stuff and <clears throat> had the ability to take things apart, put stuff back together, do, um, interesting experiments with sound and lighting and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, I used to think that that was just like, Hey, sound is what's kind of getting me excited and, um, you know, as I went through through my career uh, through college and uh, audio and now into something totally different, it's it was creative problem-solving that was what was kind of driving me. Um, but <clears throat> when you and I met, you know, I was studying sculpture at Kendall College and used my passion for audio and video and, and lighting to create kind of my own— it ended up kind of being my own— um, uh, degree almost with with another buddy. We're like, hey, we don't fit into the normal path here. So they actually, we were the first two to graduate with a functional art degree from Kendall uh, because we were we were doing things that were sculptural, but they actually functioned as as works of uh, tangible works of, of of sculpture. That so the did degree something. was
0: <clears throat> functional art.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so all of that was built around um, uh, can. Can speakers be sexy? That was kind of how it started for me. Was uh, getting getting this Se- out sexy like your shirt? <laughs> getting getting away from the black box and getting getting speakers to actually something that you want to put in and display in your home or your business as as a uh, functional uh, art piece that's um, that's more meaningful beyond just the the original purpose. So yeah. that was where it started. Um, you know we. I did that for a long long period of time and did commercial AV installations, residential AV installations. Um, and Kendall was actually the, the segue into my current uh, vocation. And so I work for a, an industrial um, sanitation uh, equipment manufacturer, and they, uh, they needed some CAD help. And I actually learned CAD through making jewelry at Kendall because I wanted to learn CAD to make my sculptures. And so, take that CAD experience, bring it into the professional world. And now I do business development for them. And it get, still gives me an opportunity to do creative problem solving and build relationships with people at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Very it's cool. Been a kind of cool career. Trajectory for me,
0: yeah, and you know, in between there, I think uh, you've told me some stories of some maybe things that we can't uh, disclose publicly of things you've (laughs) designed or done for some DoD contractors (laughs) or things like that. So you've had your hand in in a whole lot of in technology in many ways, uh, as well. um, Which is which is really why I thought having you here um, would be really cool to chat with Justin and I. And the the topic that I wanted to talk about today was was really. And and this came up. You and I were having a beer at Railtown Brewery, which is just right up the road from our shop here, um, and uh, in Dutton, Michigan. And we were talking about traveling again because I'm back traveling pretty much full time. Mm-hmm. You're hoping or, I'm not traveling. You're not traveling. Driving me yeah. Crazy.
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, when's the last time you traveled? Um, like for work? Yeah, it was um, probably maybe November.
0: Okay. Yeah i I went two months as the longest I've gone. Without traveling in my professional career. He was, it was going kind crazy. of weird. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Like I looked like, well, I started growing my
2: hair out and um, I looked like a mad scientist a bit, I think. Oh, yeah. I went I through the long facial hair stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think all of 2020, I probably traveled three times um, as opposed to the normal, like spending three quarters of my time right. you know, on the road. So, yeah. Was, and I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, right. it's. <laughs> Guys, guys like us don't thrive well in that situation. No, no, the trouble
0: for the people who it works, it works really well at keeping yeah. you sane. But um, you know, we were talking about technology, and, and and we kind of came to this realization that, um, and I think we were talking about church too.
2: Yeah,
0: and and the impact in technology in how we're experiencing our lives, um, and it being a distraction or bringing us closer together. And, and so that's kind of what I, what I wanted to talk a bit about today. And yeah. um, I'm interested to know, you know, if I was to lob one thing out there right now that you think um, is is a piece of... So, so give me a piece of technology that you think is most poised or currently in your life that helps draw you close to family, friends, you know, to connection with people. Um, and then maybe an example of something that you think um, is really detracting from that? And maybe we'll start with the detracting because <laughs> I think that's probably the easier one. I think that is um, the easier one. But it might be harder to actually nail down the one thing, right? But what do you think is mm-hmm. the most just... What do, what do you think in technology right now is the
2: thing that like isolates you the most? Yeah, solid question. I think the the easy one for me is is probably and i wouldn't point it to one specific uh technology or platform but i just think the the ability to access um things that uh can entertain you right I, just as if you look at that as a general group whether it be the stuff on your phone or the streaming services it's just like and this has been an interesting year where you really, like, you don't have to have an excuse to go out. You don't, nothing's like, nothing, you can't go anywhere. Right. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, I might as well just binge. And whether that's binging on your phone or binging in your TV or, or binging on your, iP- like your iPad or something like that, it's, um, I, I think that's probably the th- when you're, all of the time that you're spending looking at something else, like is time that you're not necessarily building a meaningful relationship. Um now i i understand that there are a lot of opportunities to um to build relationships digitally right um but as far as like my circle um i th- i think that that availability is is really something that is um is a dangerous item it's from a it can suck you in and then all of a sudden you're a week later and so <laughs> um so yeah, that, I think that would be the the low hanging yeah. fruit
0: for me. So, uh, and Justin, you and I have talked a bit about this, and and we're all we're all dads, um, and I think that this is something that um, we really struggle with with our kids. I think your oldest is 12, yeah. 13, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a ten year old. Justin's oldest is seven. Yeah, um, and so all of them are of the connected generation, like the kids who who never have.
1: Not known the internet, iPads, Mm -hmm. all those things. Um, Yeah, like my kids walk up to my TV and try to swipe it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Like a giant iPad. Yeah, my my niece walks up to everything is, hey, Google. And (laughs) it's just like everything should respond to you. My five year old daughter randomly decided to say,
1: hey, Siri, play a sad song. And it just started playing (laughs) some random, like, oh no, no, don't play (laughs) anything. Siri's going crazy. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. No, no. And in,
0: it it's so funny because because that is it, and so there is an extra challenge as as a parent, I think, for Absolutely. us of how we manage that for our kids. But we but then we have to manage that in our own lives. Um, and like I can fall into the especially when I am traveling, um, I'll have this tendency to fall into the hole of I'll sit down on my couch after the end of the day in my hotel room, and I'll open TikTok, and the next thing I know, it's been an hour and a half because you think I am digesting information a minute at a time ish, right? right? Um, and they have uniquely crafted what I'm seeing, like a drug.
2: Oh, so well to, to draw el- me in, right? And their so, algorithms so for are me, insane.
0: You know, it's dirt bikes and rednecky things and um, people shooting guns and <laughs> um, you know people and, and dogs doing dumb things and people doing dumb things, right? And and it's just like it's so enamoring. It's it's brain candy. It's just uh, right. right? Yep. Um, but so. So from that aspect, you know, I think for both of you, I'd be really interested to know, like, do you, do you actively work on um, disconnecting from that on a given day? Or is it more of a like, okay, when I go on vacation, that's my time when I, um, when I go away from that? Because I find for me personally, um, because we have so much family who lives remote, because, and, and take the pandemic on it, the pandemic has changed things a little bit, but it's made some of that more, more necessary, more apparent yeah, I think, um, but but I find that the time that I try to do this now is when I'm on vacation, and, and I've learned that vacation needs to be more than just a one week thing. Like for me, it needs to be two weeks, so I can slightly disconnect. Yeah. Or so I, it takes a couple of days to disconnect, and then I'm fully disconnected, and I don't know where my phone is the entire week. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I find it again. But like, right. so for you, is that a daily thing? Is that a is that like a yeah
2: a vacation thing? Well, for for me, it's it's I think it's both. I think there's there's two. I totally resonate with the vacation thing and that's been a that's another like great piece of online technology is like the the ease of which you can go camp anywhere mm-hmm. and that's and it's easy to find new places and have new experiences that's that's a fantastic avenue but then once you get there a lot of those places don't have cellers cell service or you're out in the middle of the woods and so you're forced to be intentional right um but at home like it is it is harder and it's especially with kids it's for me it's a little different um because you kind of you almost begin having to like force yourself to get into a rhythm that because um, it's i think it's easier for me to see uh like screen abuse or screen uh addiction with my kids than it is with me and then yeah, you almost, you're forced to <laughs> you're forced to like lead by example then you're like okay hey enough screen time for the day and like, okay, then you're secretly telling yourself that too, you know? Yeah. As, you're texting, or, you're te- yeah, yeah. as you're texting. Yeah, or as you're texting somebody, but.
1: I mean, how many times have I gone,
2: <laughs> no, you can't have your tablet. Exactly. And he's texting me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's hard though. Cause yeah. you're like, no, but seriously, kids, I know how to manage it better than you do. And you're like, but do you dad? Like, um, <laughs> I think that, I think there's opportunity for, for always to get better at that as, as yeah. parents, um, so I think that's a good challenge though to to maintain the question of what are you doing uh right. in your, in your day-to-day life. I think vacations easy. Yeah. You know, it's it's easier to but what are you doing in a day-to-day process to to help uh manage that level. Yeah, well, especially
1: cuz when you're on vacation like if you're going camping like you know, this past summer we went up north to the UP and it's like, we were hiking, we were at the Sioux Locks, we were at the the falls. And it's like, I'm taking pictures and stuff like that. But like, again, like you said, A, the cell service kind of sucks. So it's a lot harder (laughs) to do it. And you're trying to wrangle, like I have four kids under the age of seven. My sister was there with her four kids under the age of 12 you know my parents were there and we're all trying to do these things so it's like it was like constant like movement of trying to figure out what we're going to do you know or driving two and a half hours you know to the Locks type thing or like when me and my wife go to disney for our vacations it's like we're taking pictures and we're riding rides and watching shows right. and you know like we're at really fancy fun restaurants that we don't normally do so it's a little bit easier but i agree it's really difficult to like Pull myself out of that and not just sit down on the couch, especially like, excuse me for my wife who's home with the kids all day long. And it's like, the kids go to sleep finally. And she's like, this is my time to like be (laughs) on my phone and not get distracted. And it's like, we've been trying to be more intentional about like spending time with each other of like, Mm -hmm. especially spiritually on that level for the two of us because of our faith. Uh, So it's like, we try really hard late, lately to like, make sure we're reading something together. Make sure like, we're like, actually like checking in on each other. Like, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? <clears throat> Not just yeah, like, oh, you know, right. it is what it is. So the technology is hard to like pull yourself out of that because it's like you just want to sit on the couch and scroll through Facebook. Because I don't look at Facebook during the day, like when I'm at work. Very rarely do I do. So it's like when I get home, that's that's when I'm like, oh, <laughs> I haven't seen anything that's happening today. <laughs> so,
0: I, and, and I have to ask, because I've had a really hard time with this, but have you had times, because I have a few friends who, once they walk in their door, um, their phone must get locked into a closet somewhere. <laughs> and I don't hear from them again until their wife and their children are in bed. And then they're furiously texting and whatever in the basement, I assume, um, after this happens, right? I
1: mean, that was you for a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, cause I, and I say that because I tried. Yeah. Um, and I don't... I still don't think I have the balance of that and and I'm trying to intentionally from time to time just leave my devices behind mm-hmm. um in those moments like you you just talked about, where it's like, well, I'm with my wife, we're at Disney, our kids are taken care of, right. But the problem is, is that from a from a music and photo standpoint, like our phones have become our DSLR, yeah, right, and and so absolutely. So when that's a thing, now you're just always connected, and
1: yeah, I'm not carrying my GH five to to Common Falls, right? (laughs) And so like I have
0: a dual sim phone, so I can turn my business line off. That's really nice. So then I'm not getting things, but I'm still getting text messages through iMessage. Mm -hmm. I'm still have email at, at my fingertips, right? And I wonder sometimes if if there needs to be a reprieve from that technology on the level of um, maybe when I go on vacation I, I grab our DSLR mm. instead of my phone because we want to document it and that's the hard part right, right. or or I don't know like airplane mode burn I'm, it's I'm just talking, so damn convenient <laughs> no and airplane mode is a decent idea yeah. um, in that because I do think you know especially like navigating when you're at Disney like your phone is like, How you get play? Yeah, but then you connect it to Wi Fi. Now you can still get text messages. (laughs) The the world, you know, it gets overwhelming to think about. How do I, how do I disconnect
1: from the device? Well, I mean, I think that's really difficult, especially for the the level of the three of us, of where we are in our positions at work. Right, like you being and you know your level of Acoustics. Like if there's a problem, they're going to call you. I'm assuming business development. If there's a customer that has a problem, like you're getting a call, right? You know, I'm vice president of a company that like everything runs through me. If there's a problem that they don't know what to do, I'm getting a call. If I'm at Disney sitting on the top of Splash Mountain or not, I'm getting a call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I've kind of tried to
0: draw a line on that, but but the problem is, is you just I don't know that that
2: it's viable to think that we don't have the device. So where you know, like, so let me let me ask you a question by maybe backing up a second, mm-hmm. or, or scaling, going higher in elevation, um, is there this ingrained assumption that things are, ne- are because we can access the information and respond to the information, have we made up this thing in our head that the information is more important than it actually is, or the situation is more important than it actually is? Mm. Because then do we respond out of obligation than this sense of like, it's important. It's so important. Somebody's probably oh. gonna die if I don't answer this email. Where it's like, really? It's probably not the case at all. Like most people are pretty understanding. They're Like, hey, if you got back to me tomorrow morning, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. And I
1: will say that like I think that for a long time for me personally, I I was like, You I get an email, like my email box does not have an unopened email. Right. So like that's that's me. Unlike you who have thousands of unopened <laughs> but I used to
0: be the way you were.
1: <laughs> and my biggest thing was just like cuz yeah, like oh, they have to have an answer. Like I'm thinking about it right now because I just read their email. And If I don't respond right now, I'm going to forget to respond yeah. because it's a, so now I've forced myself like and it's it's my age thing too. So like I'm not quite as old as you guys. I'm 32. So it's like whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you're 25, right? <laughs> Uh, Scott, if you realize we both have a bit more gray in our beards, <laughs> for <ingestion>. sure. <laughs> um, so it was like in my late twenties, I was there, like I had to answer that all the time. Now, then I'm in my early thirties. You know, my kids are starting to get a little bit older. Like I'm starting to kind of get into that more. Like I'm headed more towards the Moses generation <laughs> than the Joshua <laughs> generation, <laughs> and I'm realizing like uh, just don't open the email because then mm-hmm. I won't forget about it, and I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it right the second so
0: <laughs> i I lament with this conversation because um I used to be the person who because i it drives m- my wife's email inbox drives me crazy. She was shooting for a hundred thousand <laughs> on opening, <laughs> so that she would see what would happen if the little red bubble would go from ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine <laughs> to a hundred thousand. And, I mean, I get that. <laughs> right. So shoot, this was a challenge. It's a fair question.
2: Does um, it say 100K? I yeah. have to know.
0: <laughs> so it did. It went, I can't remember what happened. I'll have to ask her. But anyway, this was a big deal for my <laughs> oldest son life? and her, like, to get to that point. And, but I was always the way you were, Justin, where I had to delete or archive an email. Yep. I had to read it. Um, and, but I'm really scatterbrained and very like, oh, there's a squirrel. What, what was I doing oh, again? I'm so ADD. Um, and, and so what happens is if I read it, like if Scott sends me a text and I read it, but then I think, that's not mission critical. I'm not going to respond right now. Two weeks later, I'll be on a plane somewhere looking <laughs> through something and I'll go, shit. Shit. <laughs>
1: He was just asking me how I was doing, and I never <laughs> responded. <laughs> so I've started I've started marking emails that I've opened that I'm like, oh god, I don't have time to answer those, like yeah. as unread, so but I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty good about the business side, but it's the personal yeah.
0: side, unfortunately, that I think starts to, to starts to lack. There, you know, I have a friend James Rudder who, um, who actually both of you got to meet at the Hillsong concert. He's mm-hmm. a sound engineer for Hillsong, um, and. Uh, he texted me the other day, and he was like, "Something, something, something about work. How you doing, mate? You know." And I filed that away at the moment as not mission critical. And it was like three weeks later, and I was like, "I'm a really bad friend,"
2: <laughs> you know. So, Josh, the question I have for you would be, um, do <laughs> I? I don't quite know how to phrase it, but yeah. uh, you're like, "Hey, I'm good at responding." business wise but I'm not great at responding personal wise and so to me that indicates and not that I'm my I'm any better at it but that to me that would indicate like a priority problem no for sure that, I mean that's so, why I bring it up yeah and I, <laughs> so I think that's a great dialogue question because through work we're conditioned to be like hey this is important because it's my it's my livelihood from a day-to-day pers- right. monetary perspective. Um, but little do, like sometimes little do we know that like the stuff that feeds us outside of work is what makes us complete human beings right so if we're neglecting that then we're just missing out on this whole other piece of life right so yeah. um, but that it's an interesting question to ask yeah. yourself
0: and, and I and I don't think I'm alone in that you know because no, you're not. because and, and especially as a type a mal you um, you know how I prioritize things. You know it, it's obvious, or it's it's easy to say. Well, um, relationships are, you know, it's work, and and this is really distorted in terms of your priorities, right? But if you just really look at what, what we do during the week, um, it ends up feeling like a lot of times it's work, um, and then it's my family, and then it's my and then it's my relationship, you know, my spirituality, mm-hmm. um, and and then me. Somewhere down there, and and I'm not trying to be a martyr in saying that, but I, but I mean that because my priorities up here are really messed up. A lot of times, it really affects me as well.
1: (laughs) I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And so I will counter that with what I'm doing currently right now. Your your Iceman challenge. So, well, no, not that, but yes, we can talk (laughs) about that later if you'd like. I'm very excited (laughs) about it. Um, No, what I'm doing is so let's get a little spiritual here. And I, are you okay if I get a little spiritual? Mm-hmm. So probably like six or seven years ago, I felt like um, God was telling me to go and make a documentary about technology in the church and why it's important. You know, the person that's making graphic arts for the Facebook and the website, like how they're contributing to ministry, you know, the lighting engineer, the sound engineer, like how they're, they're part of the ministry. They're not just their, you know, serving and then leaving. Like I wanted to be part of the ministry. Like when I was at the services that I was in charge of, like when the pastors and the worship leaders brought me in as part of the ministry and it was like, I was there during the, like, let's pray about this night of worship we're having. Like, how do we want to do this? What do we want to do? What songs do we want to do? And it was like, we started going, going and doing that. Like we all melded so much better. And it felt like the nights of worships like went and got escalated even more because of that. So God was telling me to make this documentary and that was probably seven years ago, maybe a little bit more and I haven't done it. I ignored it because I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. You know, like I I do video things, but it's like, how do I do? I shot some like test uh, ideas of how I wanted it to look and it just sat there and just didn't do anything. I love YouTube. I love filming things and I have been doing YouTube stuff, like, for this podcast, for our Division 16 stuff, the company that I work for, and one day it just, like, dawned on me, I was like, hey, I'm doing all this, like, talking head, like, YouTube stuff, like, why don't I do the documentary-style thing for a YouTube channel and start doing that and just creating these little, like, 10-minute videos of, like, hey, why, why do you hang a projector here? And, you know, what's, what makes sense? And hey, why is tech important to the ministry? And hey, why is the church not on, you know, on YouTube? So it's like, I just, excuse me, I just did a a video that's like 12 or 13 minutes long about like, why is the church not on YouTube? And I talk about, I'm not talking about Sunday morning streaming services. Like, I don't want to see Stephen Furtick standing on a stage. I want to see YouTube style content where it's like, he's sitting down in front of a camera and he's talking to the camera, Mm. like a YouTube person is. And it's like, hey, what's the, you know, what's the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant? Cause people don't know that. Hey, you know, how, uh, what, you know, how do I read the Bible? Like have someone sit down and give a tutorial on that, you know, type thing. And it's like all the things you see. Cause it's like when I go to YouTube and I'm like, Oh, how do I use Da Vinci resolve? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I see like 900 tutorials. How do I change an alternator on a Chevy Lumina from 1993? There's a thousand tutorials. It's like, there's so many tutorials about like, Hey, how do I pray? How do I read the Bible? You know, like, there's so much content that you could be creating on YouTube. So I made this video about like, why are we not doing this? And obviously there are some people doing that, but not on the scale of like, there's probably what, 10,000 churches in the United States alone. And Uh, I think it's 40,000. Okay.
0: We did the, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, no, that's (laughs) good. No, that's good information. I have to know these things.
1: So I am kind of going down and, following what I was told to do years and years ago. And I'm using the technology in order to do that rather than making a one hit wonder of like, Hey, let's do a two hour documentary. Let's do a bunch of, you know, and hopefully that'll turn into years of content. Right. And it's, it's technology that's letting me do that. And it's like, I'm taking care of myself because I feel great about it. Uh, it's something that I'm interested in. It's a hobby of mine. So it's like, I'm taking care of myself, taking care of myself spiritually and you know, I'm using technology doing what I love to do right that's an excellent
0: that's example yeah. yeah um yeah that 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 it and and I think that's kind of pivotal in the conversation to go um because because you clearly have and and the one you know caveat there is where does your family fall in that right and and that that's my challenge constantly is to your point of of the work part is um especially because my work is my passion. Like, I did it for free. I learned doing it for free. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just really lucky that what I do is the thing I would do as a volunteer. I do do as a volunteer. Um, But- Doo doo. Yeah, doo-doo. I was <laughs>
2: waiting for it. I chill.
1: tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it just uh-huh. e- oozed out, just out of me, right? yeah, I <laughs> it. Couldn't help it. It's a t-
0: vis- uh, visceral sorry. response. <laughs> um, but that adds another layer to this challenge when when work is is your passion and and for me work checks cards. I, I'm I'm the house. I'm the you know applications manager for a house of worship market for a speaker manufacturer. So not only do I get to serve in a way mm-hmm. in what I do, and I know pastors know this, the struggle very real, especially and worship leaders, maybe even more um, because music is their passion. They're serving God and doing what they're doing in that way. And that's that fills that, you know, that checks that card. So where does family sit?
1: Because then that's your job too. So you have all these three things and then there's your family.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, I'm lucky my wife sings on the worship team at my church. So usually I'm mixing in front of the house while she's singing. And I'm like, yes, we're doing something together. Not really.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, and, and Josh, I really resonate. Well, I resonate with both of you on that. And I haven't had an, an opportunity until recently to uh, blend my uh, spiritual passions with my vocational passion. I love what I do. I, l- I love meeting people doing creative problem solving around commercial sanitation and cleanliness is very important in the world that we live in. Um, but there was <clears throat> up to this point, not a tangible connection to my spiritual life. And, um, the, one of the programs that I'm involved with young life is <clears throat> in large part, part of their ministry is hospitality and, COVID has had a huge effect on their ability to host kids yeah. Um, yeah. with the intention of, of creating these exceptional experiences to foster a relationship with Jesus. And um, we are blessed now as a manufacturer to be able to partner with them and bring sanitation equipment into those camps to establish a protocol and a long-term plan, not just for COVID, but for for long term sanitation and cleanliness um, that blends this this passion of work for me and this passion of of this jesus centered ministry that I've loved for the last twenty two years mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's a fantastic opportunity and is an an excellent example of of being able to create <clears throat> a meaningful uh, parallel between your personal life and your, and your, and your work ethic. Yeah. 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 So I think to answer your
1: question a little bit more is I, I remember not thinking that social media and all these things were like a bad thing. You know, that everyone that said they were a bad thing was, you know, they're crazy and they just don't understand it. Right. And I remember watching a video about, uh, what is his name? I think his name's Simon something. I'm sure you guys have seen this guy. Uh, and he's talking about how like we're addicted to opening up our Instagram and seeing the the red bubble of well the notification. dopamine push of yeah that, the yeah. dopamine push of yeah. that and watching him and hearing him you know, I was like okay yeah that totally makes sense like and that's usually something that you don't think about when you're when you're an addict you don't think you're addicted and so I was like listening to him say that I was like okay yeah no I could totally see how that would be addicting like in like that like low key way like mm-hmm. it's not drugs so how can I be addicted to that right so I think what I have kind of forced myself to do, because like you listen to people that have actually had drug problems where they go, I just can't go and do this because if there is cocaine there, I'm going to do it. You know, type thing. Sure. Like no matter how long it's been, like that's just the reality of it. Um, It's always harder to stop doing something and put it down and walk away than to just make the assessment in your head of when I get home today, I'm not going to touch my phone at all for the first two hours. I'm going to interact with my wife, my kids like, so that way I'm not like trying to put my phone down in those first two hours. Like it's just, I come home and I set my phone down and I don't even like think about it type thing. That's been, excuse me. Um, that's been probably the easiest way for me to kind of like do that. And, um, me and my wife have decided to stop buying as many toys for our kids. And some of those things are like, uh, like recently my, both of my sons. So me and my wife have kids from different marriages. So my oldest is seven, her oldest is six. And then my youngest is five. Her youngest is three. So our two older boys Mm -hmm. are very similar in age, obviously. And they're both into Wolverine right now. And they wanted us to buy them Wolverine claws. And I was like, I'm not going to buy Wolverine claws. And so I made Wolverine claws out of cardboard for them. Love that. Nice. And they both sat there <clears throat> watching me make these things. And I'm like drawing them out on the cardboard, cutting them out with scissors, taping them all up. And they're like, dad, if you did this and then you did this, <laughs> that would be awesome. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we can try to do that. We can try to do that. And that made their imagination grow. Mm-hmm. You know, that made their like mechanical like skills start to like start flowing they were loving me having my ipad set up watching x men while i'm cutting out their wolverine <laughs> claws you know so uh there's just like things like that where it was like i was able to do that with them uh, connect with both of them create something have a memory with them have my ipad on <laughs> watching a movie, which is, you know, kind of just like, no one was paying attention to the movie, right. you know? They were just excited the Wolverine was on the screen, you know, going, ah, stabbing people, you know, with his claws. And then they got their claws, and they were running around fake
2: <laughs> stabbing people. So that versus a, just a $10 Amazon purchase or something, right? Yeah. Right.
1: Instead, you know, of go, opening a box and going, here you go, and they, they run off, and now I've had no interaction
2: with them. Yeah, now you have an experience. They have an experience. Right, and they have on. a toy.
1: That... Yeah. Their dad took time to build for them, right? So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had similar experiences with you know building a jump in the backyard with yeah. them and you know that kind of stuff. But I think so. So instead of focusing on the negative, so we obviously all know very clearly like where the where the negative side of technology is. But I think the heart of the idea here is to understand what are the things that have been positive for us, um, and and I'll I'll lead with you guys because, so I have family because my wife is from Florida, so we have family in Florida, Um, but during the pandemic age, um, especially when we were all on lockdown, I had grandparents who lived 10 minutes from me, parents who lived 10 minutes from me. I had friends who lived 20 minutes from me and 30 minutes from me and all this kind of stuff, and, and you know, I'm probably an enigma in what happened during the pandemic time because I own companies that were essential. I worked for a company that, while we didn't travel for a while, I was still very actively working. Um, and so I never was the person who didn't leave my house. Like, I, there wasn't a day ever that I didn't leave <laughs> my house. Um and sorry, that's, and it's not that I was trying to go infect people and do all that, but, but I was part of things that were doing things that required me to not be home. Um, and to work in my office as well. Same here. Um, but um, one of the things that we realized really quickly was all these people who we had lots of interaction with, and normally it would be we would see them for a while, Like, you know, on a trip here or a trip there, you know, we would go down a couple times of the year to Florida. They would come up here. I would see, you know, you and I, Scott, would see each other here and there. I would see my friend Tyler, who lives up in Rockford where you live and stuff, right? And so and so that was, but then pandemic was like, boom, done. So I bought all of my family um, portals, Facebook portals. Mm. And I was apprehensive about the technology for a whole lot of reasons that we can talk about on another, on a totally different podcast. You mean about them the you you the
1: NSA listening devices? Right. But I mean,
0: <laughs> listen, the stark reality is like, I am so connected that they see everything. Okay. And we can talk about this later, but I mean, like when I have my friends who who cover their cameras up and stuff, it's like, guys... There are three cameras surrounding me right now. There's another three cameras pointed at me from other devices. Right. There's about four cameras over there. And even if they aren't watching me because they cover it, they're hearing me. It just doesn't matter. I don't do anything that I care about right. anybody knowing.
1: Hey, so <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, let me argue that. So I used to be on that level. I'm like, I'm not doing anything that they want to get outed me? on the internet somehow. And I no. don't. Like <laughs> no, I just i I've started coming to this like this thing like spiritually, politically, like if I don't stand up for what I believe in and like stand my ground respectfully, you know, in in all the, the correct ways, then like I'm not being a part of society the way I should be. And so my thing is that I don't believe that my government should have the right to watch my video without my permission when I haven't done anything wrong I haven't given them any reason to. And that's my stance of, I went from, I'm not doing anything wrong, I don't really care, to I do care because I have my privacy. And mm-hmm. we're in the United States of America, that's what we believe in. And that that's the only argument that I will make for you. No, that's fine. And, and you, <laughs> I mean, you know me, like I'm definitely a patriot. Yeah. Uh,
0: I just, there are, there are these battles and these things that I'm not going to limit my technology because I'm afraid of what they will see.
1: No, and right. I agree, I, and I'm not yeah. there, and I'm not saying I'm not, you know, I'm not the guy that's right. covering up my, you know, yeah. devices and stuff. But I'm just saying, like, the argument sake of, yeah, 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 I of that is yeah. where I land. But, um, but anyway,
0: bought the portals um, so that we could have the sidebar. Yeah, <laughs> so that we could communicate again. Yeah, and it was technology that allowed that, but it did it in a way that was different than FaceTime or something because. Um, I think we're all learning really quickly right now in this age of, of WebEx, like Microsoft Teams, Google Meets, Zoom calls. Right? Mm-hmm. That number one, you're really sick of that shot, right? <laughs> I've seen the underside of every one of my colleagues' chins. Yep. Places
1: I don't need to see. Your col- <laughs> your colleague BJ is the worst at <laughs> it. BJ's pretty bad. I think he does it on purpose. Well, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Um, BJ, if yeah, you're listening to this, learn how to use a camera, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that has been um, a little, like a little frustrating, you know. Big picture, um, <laughs> well, you really sidetracked me in my mind there.
3: <laughs> just,
0: I'm just seeing BJ's chin now. <laughs> I'm in my sorry. Mind. Um, Zoom but, meetings, all those things. Yeah, I, I think. Um. Wow, I really. What what were you (laughs)
2: hoping to? What was the the end product that you're hoping to receive? um, Out of gifting these portals. Okay, so what was the story that you were hoping? Yeah. So the idea
0: was that Um, we are pretty tight knit family. Yeah, And and we were together a lot normally. And so what I wanted, and we were able to do this. And, and for two months, if what I got out of that was what we got for two months, it was pretty awesome. Because it gave us the ability to put something in our room, sit down on our couch, and talk as a family again. Because we, it, there's probably not two weeks, and I, I, you have a really close family too. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and as is Justin, and some of Justin's family is remote as well. Um. Actually, a lot of all of them. My entire family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we all are pretty close with our families, and it gave us the ability to ring my sister, my mom, and my grandparents and all be in a conversation together sure. and also not have that, right? That like under chin thing. My kids could just play in a room, but they had something. They could see grandma and grandpa on the screen and they could play and they could be natural. And handing the device around, I mean, that's like my least favorite thing. And I'm sorry for all of my family who are listening or aren't, maybe. But the hand the phone around because the family members who aren't there and we have to be like, hi, yeah. Oh, oh you know, and everybody has the same yeah. conversation. While yeah. that's a thing, I guess, that you do on holidays, that wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't what we were missing, and and I think that's the important part of this is is what we were missing was the connection and and I hate giving the Seamus plug again to this but for us during the pandemic the Facebook portal gave us the ability
2: to feel like we were kind of in the room with that person and that's fair and whether it's a specific technology or yeah. not but I think the what you didn't want was the uh, the shallow. Um, Five second update. Like, right. how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Okay, that's your that's girlfriend? good. Because I didn't really want to. Where are you hear working the whole these story days? How's work? Where's the weather like? Yeah. yeah. And so, what it does provide, um, and we tried this unsuccessfully, I might add, with um, through Zoom and a a webcam mounted on top of a flat screen. <laughs> it was just, it was better than nothing, but it did not work well. But what mm-hmm. we were going for is like, hey within the context of the constraints that we have, what way can we facilitate community here? And, uh, and it's not much unlike what the church is, is doing with, with video streaming. Mm-hmm. It's like being in the sanctuary is vastly different than watching on an iPad or, mm-hmm. or a TV at home. However, given the contracts, con, uh, constraints that we have, sorry, uh, what are the best ways to facilitate community and i think that's a great advocacy that you had for your family to initiate that program because then it says hey this is a priority for us and so we're going to take some intentional time even though it's digitally that's still intentional time that's not just like hey is it snowing where you are because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm really scared about slipping on the driveway like i don't <laughs> care like right like like how was work this week? Are you are you beat down and yeah. and de- depressed? Like how is covid affecting you?
1: Yeah, That was like
2: my my dad was very anti smartphone.
1: Yeah. Until probably like 4 or 5 years ago. And I remember like he had this little like LG flip phone and I'm <laughs> like, dad, I'm like just go and get like an iPhone or something. I'm like, I would prefer you to get an iPhone because then you'll be a blue person instead of a green person. (laughs) And he had no idea what I was talking Mm -hmm. about. (laughs) And and I was like, please, I'm like, just go and get one of the, you know, like even one of the older iPhones. I'm like, they're cheap. You know, like he he doesn't have tons of money. And my mom has always been like, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. My dad's like, it's stupid. Like we're not getting that. (laughs) And somehow my mom talked him into doing it. And I remember he got his first iPhone And I got a phone call, sorry, a FaceTime call from him (laughs) crying. My dad is not a crier. Like, I think I've seen my dad cry a little bit more now because of things that have happened with Mm -hmm. him. But up until that point, that was probably like the second or third time I'd seen him cry in my entire life. And he was like, I just have to say sorry. You've been trying to get me to get one of these things for years and I haven't done it. And uh, he's like, I saw my grandkids today. And he lives in Florida and we all live in Michigan and they don't get up here very often. And he's like, I saw every single one of my grandchildren today. And he was like, I had no idea what I was missing. And I'm like, a phone did that. yeah. (laughs) So a a phone made him like (laughs) sob like a child, (laughs) you know? And that's where I start to go where it's Mm. like, yeah, we can be too consumed in it, but it's like, The fact that I can FaceTime my sister who lives in Detroit, we're in Grand Rapids, and my kids can see their cousins on a consistent basis rather than the, you know, the way I did things. Like when I lived in Florida when I was a kid, like I barely knew my cousins because Mm -hmm. they all lived up here. And it was like the one time a year that we came up here, it was like, oh, my cousins, cool. Right. (laughs) You know, they like my kids love their cousins because they get to talk with them, you know, once a week or once every other week or whatever. You know, so it's like, the world has become so much smaller because of that. And I remember one more story. Uh, I used to work at Disney world and there was a girl that I worked with there. And then I moved back up here and there was a girl that was in our uh, worship band and she decided that she was going to go and join this, you know, like Peace Corps style, like missionary thing. And she came, comes back one time and she's like, Hey, I met this girl. Her name is, you know, Mary Catherine. Uh, she said she worked with you in Disney World. And I was like, yeah, I totally like she dated my friend, like Steve or something like that. And she's like, yeah, she's a part of this thing that I'm part of. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, where'd you guys meet? She's like, Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in some like like remote tribe for like months, and they had no internet connection. And then they went to like big city, and that's where like everyone like logs in to like upload all the photos they've been taking. And they added each other on Facebook, and they had a mutual friend of me, <laughs> which is how that conversation that's came. Funny. up. Oh, how do you know Justin Edmonds? How do you know him? Oh, I used to work with him at Disney World. And I'm like, yeah, that's small world. That's small right. world. <laughs>
0: that uh, I, that's the side of technology that I think that is really cool. Um, and in the part that I like about what potentially is there about mm. the connection thing, um, but I think we have to get away from the unnatural part of the technology. Like I, I referenced the like you know people don't, mm. and in some ways it's somewhat generational, right? Right now, my ten year old doesn't use. He whenever he he has a phone, when he calls me, he Facetimes me always. And I'm like, can you, just, can you just call you don't me, have please. To do that, right? Like, can you just can we just talk? Like, we don't have to see each other. Yeah. Da-
1: Daddy, why can't I see you?
0: <laughs> no, and yeah, your kids have done that. My, when I travel, I think this is how this came up, Scott. That we were talking about the fact that when I travel, she will, my wife will hand Blake, my youngest. Um, the phone, and sometimes we don't FaceTime, and it just blows his mind that he can't see me
1: on this device. Yeah, um, Nana, why can't I see you? Nana, why can't I see you? It's a phone call, yeah, why can't I see you? <laughs> like, doesn't mean anything
0: to them in their mind. It. You're like, Yes, yeah, stupid, it's a phone call, yeah, right? I'm supposed to see you, it's like, hang up the phone. No, that's not even a thing. <laughs> um, and it brings up so many things in my mind because Cisco. <clears throat> made all these phones that had cameras on them with the idea that people would video conference more. And they were, I mean, I don't, I don't think they made a lot of impact in the market personally. Um, But now Zoom, I mean, which was a company that almost didn't exist for a long time. I mean, they were competing with the likes of Skype and Google and everything, and then the pandemic hit, and they're the most popular thing because for the layperson, they were free and easy and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that came on, and now I can't be people to call me, and they want to they wanna do like Teams video, right? And I'm not like, going to lie. I'm that, I'm that person. <laughs> it's like,
2: can you just call me? Like, use the darn phone, please. In it, I think it depends on the situation of what you're talking about because being a relational-driven person, there is so much that's lost in a strictly uh, vocabulary-driven conversation. Right. Um, there's so many mannerisms that are happening at this table that are they're making it much more meaningful than if we did this remote. Right. Um, well, I can read you. Right. And so you're like, oh, you're engaged? Yeah, you're engaged. Okay, cool. I'll keep going. And so the, <clears throat> I get the fact that it's different for our kids, but... At the same time, you gotta. We have to recognize that there's value to the fact that we can. I can see your reaction to the face, the fact that I might want to do a new business deal, and if you're going to say, "I think you're full of shit" with your face and <laughs> you, with your mouth, you're going to be like, "Hey, that's that's great." Like, there's right no the phone, of, You're rolling now your eyes, eyes, But now yeah, we I have can. the opportunity to be <laughs> like, "All right, hey man, I think you might be reading this wrong. Like, are we on, are we not on the same page?" And so we. I think there's now an opportunity to have much more meaningful business opportunities in in conversations like that. Now, however, like, do I want every interaction to be like face to face when it could have just been a text? Yeah. So that and that's interesting because now, like with our kids, it's like they don't even talk on the phone. It's just like, why are you calling me? Like, just freaking text, right? Which I think is the just the craziest thing. But that's a generational thing. But it's a text or. Of it, right. <clears throat> and I think that's they they don't have
0: the emotion text is so emotionless, right it, and and it's gotten me in trouble um, <laughs> more times than I can count because because it turns out that that words don't always have tone, especially when you're curt,
1: what? like me. <laughs> yeah see, but like uh, my argument to everyone is how do you not read a text message and go, okay, I know that Josh is texting me this. How would Josh be saying this to me? Okay, yes, he's a snarky depends, asshole sometimes. Depends on how pissed <laughs> off he is that day, well, right? No, I no, don't it. know if
2: Josh is having a bad day or a good day or yeah. if you're having a bad day or a good day. Right, true. but see,
1: but my thing is I know you well enough that you say certain things when you're pissed and you don't say certain things when you're not.
2: Oh, yeah, that's probably true. But. <laughs> but ha-ha, smiley face is different than just... Huh. Or like, yeah, like stupid little things like oh, that, snarky dick <laughs> <laughs> but but we are learning we are learning to read, yeah,
0: what Justin just said to to have there's a level of um, awareness that you have to have of the people and knowledge of the people. this is from though when you're doing this with customers and you right. don't know their tonality, yeah, you don't know their how they lead things, right? So to Scott's point, um a very like the ability to be face-to-face with my clients more than normal um, with with that that aspect of it. Um, and the same with my family. Like, sometimes it actually is better that my mom FaceTimes me and instead of calls me so that <laughs> they can see my face and not just my words always, <laughs> right?
1: Um, I could see that. Yeah. Especially, like, with that generation. <laughs> right. Because, like, I've gotten, like, off the phone with my mom, and then I'm going to text, are you mad at me? Right. (laughs) No, I'm not mad at you. (laughs) But do you think that, do you think that that is
0: going to lead to, like, I feel like we've just made the case for the fact that the future of conversation is is something that has a face and a voice, or it's text. Right? Like, the phone call itself, and and, sorry, we, we tend to do this, we try to, like, pick out that thing, but I mean... Short of telemarketing, how many how many conversations in a week have you had that were on a phone call with no that didn't have to do with a paying a bill, dealing with the frigging government,
1: <laughs> not just the government, the frigging the government. Friggin government. <laughs> um, say what you mean, <laughs> or <laughs> I mean what you say,
0: or or telemarketers or something to that effect. Right? <clears> how <throat> outside of all of that. I mean you're either doing largely
1: I'm a bad example I use the phone constantly.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I would push back on that a little really? bit just from the standpoint of the economy of speech versus like the economy of, of text say you get in a in a text within a con, uh, the the context you get maybe 20% of what you actually meant to say that the idea is conveyed in a text, but you're only getting maybe 10, 20%. Yeah. Maybe in a, in a in a phone call, you're maybe, let's bump that up to 50. I don't mm-hmm. know, face-to-face, you're up to 80, whatever. So um, there, there does need to be an economy of, of communication. It's like I'd rather have a three-minute phone call with somebody to actually talk through an idea Versus having thirty-seven text messages to try to yeah try to dumb it down and rephrase it seventeen times.
1: <laughs> I mean, how many times have you just called me? You're like, this would be so much easier than texting. How we've been texting. Well,
0: and, and this is <laughs> exactly. why I, this is why I kind of lob that out there because because I I do agree. I don't know that um, the phone call is gone, but I believe that we are of a generation that grew up as. That is our mm-hmm. medium of communication. Yeah, um, and in twenty years, I think we're we're gonna have this conversation again. I I do the most popular podcast in the country. Yes, um, <laughs> high tech simplicity.
1: Yeah, sure sure much, yeah, sure as much as subscribe. I don't
2: I don't like breaking things down into like, are you a Gen Y, Gen X, Millennial, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I I am curious of what this conversation with what would look like with three millennials at the table and how their ability to communicate over text, it might be different since Josh and I are drastically older. I didn't say drastically, I said slightly. My words
1: were slightly.
2: I said, I'm not quite as old as you. How that might differ long-term and and how, how do you manage business relationships and and personal relationships or how do you build relationships mm-hmm. um, in a truncated communication type. Right.
0: I, I I think I could speak into this a little bit, and it's been interesting for me. But again, I, this has to come from the stance of, um, I'm of the generation that phone communication and real communication were my only two bases of, of how I could communicate as an, a child and as an adult until recently, Right. Again, go to our children. Our children have been so connected. Why does my son only FaceTime me and not call me? Because that's right. what he knows.
2: He knows that. that well, and that. if you if you were able to choose, though, a face to face conversation with your dad versus a phone yeah, I only would love conversation, it, but my dad
0: won't answer the FaceTime call. Well, yeah, <laughs> so I, I
2: get where they're coming from. Nor that's would like, it, nor would it occur to your dad. <laughs> like, so he, he would be us, like, "Oh, he must have accidentally mm, done that." Deny for us. I think like the the, fa- the FaceTime call or the video call is going to be the. The, the equal equivalent to the audio call yes, for, for us. And, but there's still going to be, are you going to FaceTime me and we're actually going to be intentional about this? Or are you going to just text me and just give me the, the bullet points of what we were going to talk about? Because I honestly don't have time for you. I was actually super busy with TikTok. right, <laughs> So
0: I, you just defined the millennial generation to me. Unfortunately, this is what I was getting at in that they were in that cross-year or that cross-platform of they were part, mostly to partially connected, but not fully, and and I think with employees that we have, I mean, Scott, you and I were on what is in this weird border generation between the Gen X and the Millennial generation.
1: I technically fall in there too. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's eighty to eighty four. So it depends on who you talk to. Okay. because We're all making our own shit up. <laughs> well, no. So, because the thing is, is that like that, that boarded generation is supposed to be the generation that remembers a time before the internet. And I definitely mm-hmm. remember a time before mm-hmm. the internet. So that, that's the difficulty for me. I'm, I'm born in 88. That weird gap is really big and they've talked about making it its own generation because right. we do remember a time before the internet but we also remember the internet right you know at, at a decently young age and like using it i i've had you you do not fall in the category of
0: these people but i've had employees at your age mm-hmm. who are as millennial AF as they could possibly be.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's why, for me specifically, my age group is really weird. Like that 85, yeah. 86 to like 89 is like, how are they going to fall? Right. Because, like, what did they pay attention to? For and what me, their, what their family had access to, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, like, for me, my family wasn't super rich. So it's like, I remember, like, we got a computer and it was like, I don't even remember. It was some. Uh, what Mac was it that was like? You had the the base station that the computer, the monitor sat on top, and it had a a three and a half inch floppy on it. Do you remember that one?
0: It wasn't the Apple II? It would have been after that.
1: Yeah, we got that when I was like eight or nine, and okay. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this thing's amazing!" And there was significantly nicer computers already out. <laughs> Best your
2: infinity for Apple products
1: still. <laughs> oh yes. yes, okay. Um, yeah, I. The, it was color graphics, so I mean.
0: <laughs> that, um, that whole dichotomy of the whole age thing and, and generational thing, but I think what I was getting at is, is that I think there's this, there was us, there was a text generation who really made Facebook and Twitter relevant, okay? Sure. The generation of our children is the TikTok generation, Mm-hmm. the video um, and 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 then and then I think podcasting and blogging and all that kind of transcends that and you get this weird kind of spider effect of how that is because we found here, <clears throat> and I don't know how this plays into or not, but I think it's just an interesting statement that we do a video portion of our of our podcast here
3: mm-hmm.
0: and we do an audio portion and and this is largely digested currently, on the audio side, right? Um, I think that, and you and I have talked about this, I think that has something to do with our time and our ability to ingest video versus audio. Like, I can drive and listen to this. I can't drive and watch it.
2: Yeah, because we're trying to squeeze things into all these little in-between areas that we have in our life. Yeah, and to be honest, when
1: I say that I have more phone conversations than I do FaceTime, it's because I will have a phone conversation while I'm driving an hour to Greenville. (laughs) There you go, right? And, And so
0: we... We as professionals and adults right now, our our free time tends to be in the spaces that are, and oh my gosh, I'm I'm getting to something that Scott and I want to talk about someday. But these ideas of what do you do in the space between spaces, yeah, like um, the upside down
1: space, pretty well, much.
0: <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> yeah, that that one will get deep. Maybe, and yeah. I think we'll have Scott back to talk about that one because it's a uh, it's also an interesting thing, and I don't know.
2: How much technology plays into that idea, but it also does a bit. But it certainly does. There, there is one thing that I wanted to get back to you to the question or the statement that you just said. Like, are this is the TikTok generation, and I'm, I understand where you're coming from on that. Um, the question that I want to pose to both of you guys is how, in that if this is the TikTok generation, how then if it's a send only or not a dialogue, it's a monologue. You're essentially mm-hmm. putting a monologue, a short monologue out into the world. How then um, is, is that facilitate, facilitating relationships where in, in the absence then of dialogue?
1: So I will say this, what I found because I'm so involved in YouTube and like i was saying earlier about the, like the church creating content specifically for youtube like the idea of youtube created content like what thrives on that platform mm-hmm. is like they've done studies where it's like you have to start with a close up shot you know if you start with this far away shot people are immediately disconnected mm-hmm. because you think everyone's watching on this tiny little phone so if it's like a full head to toe shot they like want that, to see your that, face. That person's yeah. like, this big. <laughs> sure. So like the idea is like, I want to be connected, but it's like, they, you know, there's a couple YouTubers that I watch that I want, that they post every day or close to every day. And I like get excited. Like every time Peter McKinnon posts a video, I watch that video. Almost every single video he posts, I will watch. It may not be the day he posts it, but some, you know, there may be like the day where I watch four videos that he does. But at some point in time, I've watched so much of his content, and because of wh- how he's creating that content, I feel like I'm friends with him.
2: You feel like you're friends, exactly. With
1: him. Mm. I feel okay, so it's a it's mm. a feeling thing. So it's the same thing with the TikTok thing. That's all people want to do is like if
2: you feel like
1: you're connected. So if you to someone, post a
2: video and somebody you get hundred comments, on, you feel like you're connected to those people.
1: Not necessarily like that way, but like they like those people start to feel like they're connected to
2: me. Okay. So uh in your opinion though as an a, an experiencer of that situation like mm-hmm. is that true? What do you mean? Is there a, is there you feel like you're connected, but you're... Or are you connected to a community of the people yeah. who also feel that? Well, yeah.
1: So I think that then there's the next level of there's another YouTube channel I watch where I am a part of Facebook groups for the community of that channel.
0: So there's there's the difference, right? Yeah. Are you consuming information and digesting <clears> it and doing nothing with it? Right. Or are you um, taking that and moving it into a community? Right and i think i mean i'm not sure if that's where you were going with this but this idea of like you have a choice with social media and with everything to either disconnect to ingest and disconnect mm-hmm. or ingest and connect but the connection yeah. can be really vile sometimes like <laughs> uh, and and i watch his his facebook feed <laughs> and i i have to be uber cognizant of mine Even when I, and and the problem is I want to sometimes go farther than I do. (laughs) It's probably good that I don't. Um, But I have now become friends with people who I have, who I have contact or who I have transversed conversations with under topics Mm -hmm. that were important to me, right? So I commented on something that then a bunch of other people did and it created conversations and it, and it has actually turned into connections with people. Yeah. And I've done the same thing. But that has been rare. Unfortunately, more often than not, it becomes that. Right. This this like there's a there's a,
1: yeah. And I have like being on YouTube, I have like started to create relationships with other creators. Right. And where it's like I have phone numbers and I'm texting people that like I've met I've never met in person but like I've done this. I mean, I did the same thing when I used to play Halo all the time It's like, I would join a clan, you know, it was like, mm. we all played together. We sure. all practiced together, yeah. but it was like, yeah. we ended up giving each other phone numbers and we'd be in group messages. Like we, we were planning a trip to Las Vegas together at one point in time that ended up like falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it, there was, there's like weird community there where it was like, I remember being a part of this like Halo clan and Having like hour long conversations on the phone with these guys from peer, you know, like from time to time, right? And not a lot of people do that. There's a lot of people that consume, consume, consume. I don't really give a crap what anyone else has to say, or I just I'm on here to fight, and that's the only reason why I'm on here.
2: So, but let me ask, ask this a different way: as a YouTube creator, are you posting content with the intention of building external relationships? Not just in the in the broad sense of communicating and com- connecting with people? Mm-hmm. Or is it a internal process of, uh, I have a message to get out to the world that I think is valuable, and so I'm going to put it out, whether people receive it or not. Where do you land on that spectrum?
1: I think that that's really complicated because if you don't have the perspective of the second one, when you start YouTube, mm-hmm. you'll never continue. Sure. Because there's so many, and I mean, I listen to a lot of Gary V. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's probably one of the like most predominant like people on social media. And he talks about how like when he started, you know, he only had a couple of followers and he had a couple likes and, you know, now he's getting, you know, he, he can't keep up. He can't answer. He's like, there was a point in time where I could answer every single DM <laughs> and now sure. I can't, even if I tried, I can't do it. So I think that there's that level of right now. I have to have the mindset of I don't care if people like this or not. It's thing something I have to get out there. Uh, I think that my hope is that it will create community, and that I will like I have now. I've only posted two videos of what I was talking about on this on that topic, and I already have probably like three or four people via Instagram and Facebook that have started messaging me about my videos. And how they're like, oh my gosh, like what you're doing is exactly what I felt like I should be doing, you know, and I just don't know how to start. So I'm glad someone's doing it. And, you know, they every time I post a video or I comment on something, they're, you know, now seeing my comments and they're now commenting on my comments, you know, like backing up what I'm saying. So it's not really quite a community yet, but I think that ultimately that would be the goal, would be that but there's also that level of like, I don't really care what people think. Um, this is what I feel. And it's not that I'm, when I say I don't care what people think, it's not that I'm like ignoring what they feel and think, but it's just like, I'm going to say what I feel right now. And as I, as I go along, you know, my opinion will change and, you know, it may change because of something that they say, but I'm not going to let that deter me or like shut me up because sure. I, they disagree.
0: <laughs> and, I love it. Yeah, I, And I'll, I'll add to that for why we did like when I when I started talking to Justin about high tech or about high tech simplicity and why we're doing this. Like, why do we want to do a podcast? What's what's the point of the whole thing? It wasn't about education, it wasn't about anything else. It was about being able to just be me, him be him have our guests tell us who they are and what they do, but but ultimately just talk about what any of us are passionate about. Um, sometimes it's what I am. Sometimes it's what Justin is. Sometimes it's what our guest is. Um, sometimes all of that melds together, and we're all passionate about the same thing. But we want to just talk about that because we know that if if three of us can sit around a table and find a passion,
1: hmm.
0: likely many other people have that passion. And they may not like they may they may not be passionate about every episode we do, but we can have a relational conversation that allows us to understand other people's worldview, um, and that's the thing that when I travel, I think I'm really blessed with the ability to have worldview that is really immense. Mm. But I have friends and family who have never left West Michigan. <laughs> It's crazy, and I know, and it's crazy. and to me, like in the culture and the things i've I've experienced um, are amazing. and TV when we were kids, TV was the way that we experienced the world, and for a lot of people, social media and technology is the way they experience the world. Um, and that's cool it's and it's really cool and it's visual, but it's also very like I don't know uh, Hollywood glossy, right? Like what you get on average from everybody. Social media everywhere is is typically pretty, pretty, quite yeah. pretty, right? And um, but these this platform, this long form platform where we get to sit down and talk, and the other podcasts that Justin turned me onto when we start talking about this idea the other podcast that he turned me on to for me to listen to so that we knew where we were going. Like you just talked about life and sometimes life is messy and it's crappy. And we talked about the things that aren't good about the social media platform. We talked about the things that are, that's why this form of communication matters to me because it helps other people understand our perspective and they might probably do disagree and that's and okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, like that's, a that's good where thing. dialogue starts, right? right. Um, <clears throat> I think that's where we've where we've just
1: yeah. I mean, uh, this man, lo-
0: I don't want to go off a, a ledge here, but no, I've-
1: but like this long form like form of audio is like you know politically where I stand. I, I I'm pretty conservative, and I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he had um, Bernie Sanders on. Yeah, and it was like you know an hour hour and a half long podcast of like Bernie Sanders actually talking about like what he thinks is wrong with the country and how he can fix these things. And this is what he wants. And I actually listened to that whole thing because it was like, you know, not that 30 seconds that he gets on a stage, you know, in front of 300 million Americans, you know, you know you try and explain your, you know, healthcare plan in 35 seconds, you know, <laughs> like right. that's impossible. Um, so being able to hear him say, hey, this is the problem that I see here. And this is how I see to fix it. What I found, what I realized, you know, at that, going into that podcast, I thought he was a crazy old man. Uh, coming out of that, I realized, hey, all the things he thinks are wrong with this country, I agree with. <laughs> I think that everything <laughs> he thinks is wrong, I think is wrong. <laughs> Where I disagreed with him is his solutions for everything. Right. But now, I understand that he's not a crazy old man, that he genuinely sees these things that I see and we, I'm able to make common ground with him there. And then, we can disagree in a healthy way now because I now know what he's saying. And without long form, you know, content, can you say
2: that again? You can disagree in a what kind of way? In a healthy, respectful way. Thank you, Right. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to America to hear that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something that we probably should talk about a lot.
1: Yeah, which I mean,
2: is it's it, okay
0: to mm, not agree,
1: and it's really hard because like I have like relatives that are like on the complete opposite political side of me. And it's like we'll get on legitimate fights about politics online, and then like the next post is like your kid is so cute,
2: yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> did
1: you lose your mind ten minutes ago? <laughs> well, it's like it's like it, uh, there's like a level of like how fr- like that frustrates the crap out of me, but yeah. then on the other hand, I'm like. And when I like relax a little bit, I'm like, okay, I'm so glad that they're able to do that because I can do that too. And that really upsets people when I'm like, dude, you were just like yelling at me about something like 10 minutes ago. Now you're telling me like how proud you are of my spiritual walk.
2: (laughs) I wonder if that, that, that touches on like two separate, um, examples of the same, uh, idea that I was wanting to bring back to something that, that Josh had said about, um, like the, the iPhone under here, like your your butt chin that nobody wants to see, like <laughs> yeah. isn't natural. However, like the perfectly centered, like ring LED, like camera is also not a true representation of you yeah. either. And That's so there's, there is a middle ground, much like- I don't know, I'm the pretty conver- perfect. The, <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> much like the conversation on Facebook is like, there are like these drastic spectrums of, of people willing or not willing to have conversation around a, or a particular object. And it's like this, this ugly side or artificial side of them that right. they're just throwing out into the universe without any abandon, uh, where the true most likely representation of them is somewhere in the middle where they do desire to have a meaningful conversation with another human being. Right. That's just not, there's just something broken in the process there that's not allowing them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get into, I, I've got into arguments with people
1: mm-hmm. about that, where I'm like, no, you don't get to pose a question and then not, <laughs> then not want me to answer the question. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's my Facebook, I can do whatever I want. I'm like, no, you're, no. Like, they're like, oh, uh, you're the Facebook police. And I'm like, no, you ask the question, I'm answering the question, you don't like what I'm saying, like, that's not how this works. <laughs> I've been in that argument many of times.
0: <laughs> I, I think we all have. <clears throat> um. Well, you know, we've we've gone through a lot of of the idea of good and bad technology and um how it does or doesn't connect us to places. I I think for me it has done a there, there are, there is a generational gap of ability and willingness to involve in technology that has that really separates us quite massively, a bit. Like if I look at from my grandparents to my parents to me to my kids, and how we all use technology, how we all um, how we all receive it in a positive or negative way, it's very different. Mm-hmm. And and I think we've done a good job of uh, at least in this circle today talking about a pretty wide range of like from our generation to the ones either way, um, how we how we ingest it, how we expel it. Um yeah. what what happens in the future is is really interesting and and because we are at that point, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, that we're at this point where we have the immediate access to all information always, worldwide. And it's exhausting. <laughs> and <clears throat> I
1: I don't think a whale can breathe underwater water for longer than 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> Let me Google it. I'll right. find out. <laughs> and I was always, my my wife will joke, and my family jokes about the fact that they can bring any topic up, and I have... Just enough knowledge of any topic to be annoyingly informational on it for them. That's fair. Yeah.
2: And I, I think I think, I spit in I the think same we're though. all yeah. three of us at this
0: table are people who ingest enough information that we know a lot. We know oh, a little I, bit about a
1: lot. I love documentaries. Yeah.
2: And I want, yeah. However, that has recently made me much more appreciative of people that are actually experts in their field. Yeah. Right. Because you don't, meet them or see them or hear about them hardly ever and there's so much information there's a plethora of information about people that know just enough to be dangerous yeah
1: well i just watched this thing online where they were actually like going through the versions of the declaration of independence and they were like reading them and they're like so this was the first draft the Thomas Jefferson wrote of the Declaration of Independence. And it said this, 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 and this, which is different from the actual like version that we see that they actually signed. And then there's the second version that says this. And I'm like, those still exist? <laughs> I mean, like, it's like and then you think about it, you're like, of course those still exist. But like at the same time, yeah. it's like well, why would I need to know this?
0: <laughs> but I think you you've been doing master class stuff. Yes. Um, oh and, my gosh. And what I
1: wanted to do. Do you get- have master class? No, you need to,
2: yeah. Okay, oh, pretty awesome, dude. For am I missing something? Just Just learning, just learning.
1: I'm literally right now, I am watching through three different series. I'm learning how to cook from uh Gordon Ramsay, I'm learning how to negotiate like a hostage negotiator, and I'm learning filmmaking from Martin Scorsese (laughs) simultaneously.
2: I was the NSA just flagged you. <laughs> no, I was like, those are not three things that I was expecting to go together at all. But I mean, I do appreciate that. And in one of the, it's it actually it's a harder thing now, I think, to to be intentional about education as you get older. And I, and I hope that's one of the, the generational changes that um, that comes out of this multitude of information that we have access to is that. There are so many people that are willing to provide what they know mm-hmm. um, that we now have access to it. Like if you right. have a really smart person that's willing to just dump their knowledge onto the world, that's fantastic. Well, dude, yeah. The, the byproduct of that is that you get the dumb an idiot the has the same <laughs>
1: platform. So there's a there's a guy that I started following on YouTube. He is a uh, a history teacher, like high school history teacher, yeah. and he will get on YouTube and like watch like really popular videos that have like historical things. And then he just did a series about Have you ever seen the Epic Rap Battles in History videos? Yeah. Yes. This, yeah. yeah, so he actually goes through and like watches those and like talks about them, which is kind of cool. He's like, okay, so like what he's talking about here is this. And like, he's like, oh, that's really funny. Like, you know, because like sometimes those guys actually do their research and like there's like some comments in those rap videos that you're like, I don't even get that. And <laughs> then you hear like, I'm watching this guy go, oh yeah, he's talking about blah, 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 blah. And he starts like talking about the actual scenario. And you're like, that makes so much more sense than that rap song. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes
0: yeah that the um the dissemination of information and what that will do for future generations and their ability to um grow i mean when you think about our parents and the only way they knew what Paris looked like and felt like and was was to go there or a postcard or a post yeah but but <laughs> <laughs> But my point here, my goal being, today, my
1: goal today was just to throw Josh off <laughs> this is. Awesome,
0: you epically threw me off the rails earlier, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, but but the idea that um, they didn't have the same access to uh, technology has given us a feel of the world, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how. Like, it's really hard for me to define how, except for um, we have a because we have immediate access to their life. We understand their culture. We understand things that do and don't affect them. And, and we can see it without the bias of media. And I, and I, don't, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole that's, that's going to take us another hour long. But what I mean here is it's a direct communication from you
2: there to me here. Right? Sure, I can see where you're coming from on that. And even if you look at much earlier technologies, say like the train, Like, instead of hearing from your TV that there was some kerfluffle over in La La Land, (laughs) like you could literally take a train there and experience the culture and the people for yourself. Um, That's not dissimilar to where we are now, where there is what I hope with as much misinformation as there are is out in the world, that there is so much more ability for you to get on a digital train and go somewhere and find out for yourself, hey, is this information actually correct? And, And use technology yourself, leverage yourself, and not just get on somebody else's bandwagon, but leverage technology for yourself and then... Using that information to to widen and deepen your relational circles around you.
1: Yeah, I, that's really well put.
2: Yeah, I
1: will say that the the whole like is technology bad? Is it dis you know disconnecting us or is it not? I will I will say this is that I used to have this conversation with my dad about drinking. Uh, because he grew up in a family that was, you know, full of alcoholics and like he got saved in like 1980, like burn your vinyl, like <laughs> saved, you know, type thing. And I grew up being taught that, you know, you can't drink at all. And it you know, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And then, you know, I went through my young phase of, you know, abusing, you know, drinking, but now it's like, I can sit down and drink two or three beers and, be perfectly fine, coherent, completely in control of myself, drive home with zero issue, you know, those kind of things. And it's, it's fine. It's good. It's good. It's okay. Um, but then there are the people that can't do that and they drink too much. And then they, you know, they're mean and, you know, they say things that they don't really mean, those kind of things. But for me, I can drink three or four beers. My wife can only drink one, you know, before she's, past that crest of like not being able to drive home tech. (laughs) So that blanket statement of like, you can't drink. Well, no, I can drink three or four beers. You can't because when you drink three or four beers, you become an asshole. (laughs) You know, you can only drink one beer. So it's like, for me, technology, like I can use technology a lot more without being disconnected or consumed by it than my kids can. Or my wife can, so I think that that's how I kind of look at it. Where it's like everyone has their their own threshold, and we forget that a lot of times. You know, like I don't know how much technology you can do before it's consuming you. Sure, you know, before it gets to the point where it's like it's hard for you to stop. Because I mean, I've been there with the TikTok, and I've realized, oh my god, I've been watching TikTok for two hours. <laughs> oh my god, it's not TikTok for me; it's YouTube for me. Like, okay, oh, I've watched four videos, and it's been two hours because I'm. Definitely the uh, 20 to 30 minute YouTube video watcher. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, I think that it's different for everyone. And I think that that's really important to remember is that technology can be great, but everyone has their own limits.
2: Yeah. I concur with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Scott,
0: this has been uh, enlightening and fun to talk a bit about um, technology and how it affects our lives and um, where we think it's going to go or isn't. Uh, it, it obviously is an inevitable thing for us that that our kids and us will have to adapt and continue to understand how this plays into our life. Um, and, and sometimes I think that's a little scary and weird to think about um, how far we've come. I, I often and I've people who have known me for a long time know that I talk about technology in this curve, and I believe that I lived this part of the curve. Um, when you look at mathematics and all these things, there's this exponential growth, and when you exit, there's a point in an exponential growth where it's almost vertical. Sure. Um, I think that you and I specifically lived. Um, that curve a lot of that curve and maybe our parents started it but i think we lived a lot of that curve and we're at a point where technology is 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 very vertical it's doubling year over year without us you know um doing anything else anymore yeah
1: i mean they said technology used to double every 50 years and like now it's like every like eight months right and but and and that's testament to
0: the fact that like Seven years ago, your laptop actually wasn't that drastically more powerful than it is today. Um, it is Less more, more powerful, but not over seven years, not from the time I was seven to 14. Sure. What happened from seven to 14 was drastic compared to what happened Correct. from 30 to 37 for me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think that when you start looking at, I mean, we're about to go down another rabbit hole. Like, I mean, the idea of like how thick that laptop in front of you is. Right, so so all of that's (laughs) a totally different technology (laughs)
0: conversation. But but what I mean is is that whether we are either planning out a bit Mm -hmm. or we're increasing at such a rate that we can all keep up, um, I don't think that we at seventy years old will be as disconnected from technology as our children, or versus our children as our grandparents versus us today.
1: I mean, I, I don't disagree. I think that it will depend on each individual because like my dad, I've had arguments with him where he's like, when he was, he's like, when I was your age, I was super connected. No, I just feel like I just don't know what any of this stuff is.
0: <laughs> and and I agree with you, but I think that the the, the curve is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and maybe I'm wrong. And maybe in 20 years, someone's going to be like, that guy, he's a moron. But...
1: No, but I mean, I think the fact that... the your personality and my personality is our curiosity is so strong that it's like, I mean, do you own a Tesla? Not yet. How much about (laughs) Tesla do you understand? A lot. See that, that I think right there is the difference. When I see some of the people in our pro AV industry Mm -hmm. that like are not just interested in a lot of things, they just understand it. And like, Oh yeah, I've used this JBL speaker for, you know, 35 years, you know, it's just a different model, but it's the same thing. Like we've seen those designers that do that right. kind of thing. They don't, they're not interested. They're not, you know, they're not wanting to deal with bleeding edge or bleed, you know, you know, whatever that may be. They don't want to grow because what they do works technically. Right. And it's been there. Same thing with my dad, his stereo worked in my entire life. I, I own right now, the Stereo that he bought in 1976. <laughs> it's sitting in my basement with blown speakers, which I do need to get repaired so that I can start using it because it's it only amazing. you
2: knew a guy. I Gosh, know.
1: Darn it. Do I know any of you guys that know anything about speakers? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I think that there's a little bit different is that, yeah, I think there's a difference in the sense of like how drastic technology changed from 1976 when my dad bought that stereo to like buying a home theater system now, right? Those aren't that drastically different but they are but he would be completely lost
2: can i ask a related but possibly tangent question yeah is the growth of technology should the with the growth of technology should the willingness to adapt and educate yourself grow exponentially with the technology. So say your mental capacity for technology is growing 1x or 2x year over year. um, There's going to be a point where if technology is growing 4x or 8x over year over year, that there's going to be a disconnect. It's going to be small at first, but maybe that's the thing that our parents and our grandparents are experiencing where we have seen this exponential growth. And now our, hopefully, our brains are a little bit more adapted to the fact that I need to learn faster than I'm taking information in. Because that's, that's essentially what it is because now I, I just got used to this. Things are already different. And then you, you and my kids are just used to this. They're way more adept. So I have to have the willingness to challenge myself Mm-hmm. As a, I don't know what you classify yourself as a an, an out of touch technology and, um, to to say I don't get it, but I, I need to challenge myself even more than I used to to learn this new technology to, to keep up. Yeah. So you just
0: define what I was trying to explain, <laughs> which is which is um, when you when you live through this curve. Okay, the the point at which um, the, those, the, the exponential way exponential curve. works, those are, way an
2: exponential going from flat to vertical. There's yeah, going from flat to vertical. There is a transition from a stagnant technology a curve, to a And that curve happens
0: quite drastically yeah. if it's truly exponential, mm-hmm. right? Yes, um, which I think we are in. Mm-hmm. I think we're out of that curve. I think we're on the vertical now. Mm. I really do, and, and 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 Scott defined it for me. Right there in that, I think we're, we're I think we're close to being it. We are vertical. we are going to be the first generation of of men and women who have the ability to um, adapt with our kids on a level that doesn't make us irrelevant. I agree, and and we might be slow to that, but we won't miss it. And and I look at that with my parents and my grandparents and say, I am um, guiding that heavily, right? I have an 84-year-old grandpa who is the most connected man you've ever met in your life. I mean, he has like every iPad that's ever been made. He has MacBook Pros. He has, right? But he's 84. And at some point, his ability to process this information slows.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I have my mom. So my next reference is my mom, his daughter, right? (laughs) And then me. And, And I look at them and... She is slightly better than
1: him. See, but I look at like my sister and I don't think that she knows any more than my mom does. Yeah, but she probably chooses to not, right?
2: No, I there, mean, there I, is a choice, perspective th- to. Generational technology adaptation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a there's a level of like, is she sitting there watching tech blogs like I am? No, obviously. Is she getting every like little thingy? No. But I mean, like, for instance, like my my wife, like before we got married, she didn't own a TV. She didn't, you know, do all these things. She had a phone, obviously. But she came Wait.
2: Sorry, can we back up? Your your wife was married and she didn't own a TV? Before we were married. Yeah, before you were married.
1: She didn't own a TV. That's, so no, I have a TV you in every room in my house. So, no, no, no. So this is so in my bathroom. So you're, she meets me. You're meet, talking to the wrong group right She, here. she meets me, okay? So we get engaged, and I convince her to, like, buy a TV for her house. So she buys this, like, little 50-inch TV. Okay. Little, little
0: 50-inch room. TV, by the way. <laughs> you just referred
1: to. Yes. It. Okay, and I'm about to explain why that's a little TV. Okay, so the 82-inch TV in my living room. Yep. Rest in peace. <laughs> so... My, her youngest, my youngest uh, had this Thanos gauntlet on and it's like fighting the, you know, fighting people and turns and smacks the TV. His (laughs) 82 inch TV. My 82 inch TV. And it just creates all these lines vertical and horizontal. Okay. Not the end of the world. Like he thought I was gonna be so mad. And like obviously as a parent, you cannot be that mad. For the record, him. I told him he should have grabbed one of these <laughs> monitors, like the 20-inch <laughs> monitors and mounted to the wall. So I know <laughs> anyone listening on podcasts can't see this. But so yep. this is what happens, okay? So we my wife goes, It's not the end of the world. We don't really have the money to replace this 82-inch TV, we'll just have to deal with it. And I'm like, Yeah, you're right. We should probably just deal with it. And um, oh, I did not take a picture of it. Well, that TV decided to just stop working
2: altogether. So the, with the with lines in it. Yeah. So it just doesn't so even yeah. turn on now. I would have filed an insurance claim. Oh, I tried. tried. Oh, I tried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Didn't work. So I took a 43 inch TV from here and put it in my bedroom and took her TV. That no, she no, it was a 32 you took from here. Sorry, the 32 yeah. inch. So my wife's—I think it was a 43, not a 50—from yeah. our bedroom
0: is now in our living room. He replaced an 82-inch TV with the 43. That's he not sent me a picture. picture. That's just not even. And it, and and this is what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> like the wind just got sucked out. So of the, the funny
1: the, the funny thing. My, the funny thing about this is that my mm. non-technological wife goes, "Oh my god, we got to get a bigger TV." <laughs>
2: I love, no, no, that's so, so, you can that's see so unacceptable. It, so all I know you're showing his, me this picture. His it access looks, points
0: is, and everything used to be covered by his massive TV.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, you just showed me like the. Hang on,
1: hang on. I, got, I have a picture of the TV broken. You me and the song
2: of the, of the TV world.
1: <laughs> when you sit there and you see the. Um, <laughs> yeah the mm. access point that you used to be covered by the TV the Apple TV that was hidden behind the TV is now clearly none of those things um oh my gosh I don't have a picture of the full TV'll I'll, after the podcast I'll show it to you he does the economy
2: did. this economy of scale is a real thing <laughs> yeah. like I've been um we've been blessed in our company to to leverage technology to make the Employee experience relevant, and so we've been doing a lot of TVs um, in our facility lately to to make metrics meaningful because you can so you can see yeah. them c- consistently. So yeah. there's always information available, so the employees know. Hey, are what we is what we do on a day to day basis meaningful, and wow. how, how am I positively impacting that? Might be a different conversation. Dude, that's awesome, though. However. Yeah. Um, in buying these TVs, I've been spending a lot of time at much more than a normal person at Best Buy. <laughs> and in looking at all these TVs, and I just, I had just bought a fantastic TV for my basement. And then you just go and you're like, but that 85 is bigger. And just like, there's, so there's this growth, <laughs> there's this like growth problem too with technology sometimes where you're like, contentment is in a, this constant battle with what you're being told that you need to buy and what you have isn't sufficient enough. And so it's just oh, this, man. wow. That's, no, what you that's have a is whole not, podcast. <laughs> what you have Ooh. is not sufficient. <laughs> the fact that my wife is like the other Spo- night, yeah, Spoiler she, alert, let's, mm. let's talk about that later. Yeah, my
1: wife's like, she looks over at me, she goes, are you like feeling like this is really hard to watch? Like like she's like it kind of hurts, right? And I was like yeah, I feel like I'm straining to see yeah, this 50 It hurts my TV. eyes and my
2: ego, my wife and my soul. When I
1: showed my
0: wife the picture that you sent me, she goes, "How long do you think that will
2: last?
0: <laughs> I said, "I don't know. But when you go from an 82 inch TV to a 43, it's essentially like going from an F350 Yeah. To to like a, a, a ranger, a, a fiesta. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's probably the best way to describe it. So, <laughs> well, and so like, props to you for getting a new
2: TV oh, because you yeah. know that's happening in the next six months. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. So like when it was like all lines, I was like, this is unwatchable. She's like, what do you mean it's unwatchable? And I'm like, what do you mean it's not unwatchable?
2: <laughs> hey, there would be an immediate argument there. Any lines, I could have one. On a I'm 4K done. TV, i got one, one, one line. Miss, one dead pixel this, on that, it's out. <laughs> so that <TV's>
1: this, gone. <laughs> this TV used to be my living room TV. And there is one line, you can't see it on this graphic, but there's one line of pixels through the middle of it that's slightly yellow. And I was like, I need a new TV. And she's like, <laughs> why? And I'm like, watch. And I like turn something all white, and she's like, you have to turn all white to show me. And I was like, exactly. (laughs) What
2: don't you get? I'm like, how do you? Yeah. I'm
1: like, yeah, this is my point. Like you can see it. (laughs) She's like, yeah, only on all white things. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's there. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. All right. We should wrap this up. We've been literally talking for two hours.
2: Right. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) good luck condensing this. No, it's okay.
0: Joe Hmm. Rogan and Post Malone talked for four and a half hours. Yes. We're still half of that yeah. or more. Anyway, Scott, thank you. Hey, I appreciate like, it. We, it's
1: clear that you have to come back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think we have more to talk about, but it was great to have you here. It was great to have a drink with you and do this. Um, you can
1: check us out at uh, on our Facebook page. Yep. And we don't have an Instagram yet. We've been talking about doing that. So you should go to our Facebook page and comment and tell us if we should start an Instagram page. We're also okay. on YouTube. And we are on Spotify, and we are on iTunes, and Anchor, and all. You can check those my places. weird stuff out on TikTok. Oh yeah, <laughs> Th- throw right. that out there. What's your TikTok?
0: Uh, it's my name, Josh Michely. Josh M A I C H E L E.
1: was going say, spell your weird last yeah, name. It's
0: like Spikeley, <laughs> but it's Mike Lee.
1: Uh You can check my YouTube channel at Justin Edmonds Official. Yes. And then, Scott, what do, you, what do you got? you want people to contact you or you want to have everyone leave you alone?
2: Oh, I don't people, care if people contact me. But Do uh. you have social handles? Do you have an Instagram? Um, no.
1: Or a YouTube I'm channel?
2: Good. I'm good. Just, if check out the Instagram. speakers at uh, loudartdesign.com. Loud Art Design, yeah. Which is how I met Scott.
0: Yeah. Um, so to check that out. I'm Josh Mikeley, official. Nice. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. Thanks, bye. Ciao.